1: After the weekend in which Liverpool played their full-strength eleven, as is, given the injuries, Wolves played largely a reserve team and Liverpool managed just a draw purely because of an inept VAR. The Reds began the game in poor fashion, looked lethargic, looked like no lessons had been learned from the defeat by Brentford. And Wolves took advantage of that. Guedes put Wolves one up on 26 minutes after a bit of a howler, shall we say, from Alison Becker. Ball has played back to him. He has plenty of time and he plays it straight to Guedes who finishes by him. Now, Alison Becker is the only reason we are not down cuddling Everton in the bottom three or that kind of mix this season. So he can do what he wants right now. If he wanted to turn around and kick the ball clean into his own net while laughing maniacally six times, nobody could say a word about it because he is the only reason our season is not already over. The only reason we're not battling against embarrassment is Alison Becker. We get we get back into it 1-1 just before halftime. It's a gorgeous ball by Trent. And an outrageous finish by Darwin on his left foot first time. Now, people have said he shinned it. If he shinned that ball and controlled it that well, that's even more impressive. So, one, one and a half time. And you would have hoped lessons had been learned. And maybe we would act like, you know, the team with our strongest available 11 out. Well, they've got a bunch of kids and reserves out. And we do. We go two up, two one up on 52 minutes. Gakbo's ball into the box. It's a little bit under hit. It's headed on, lands at Salah's feet. And Mo finishes well to make it 2-1. And you think, brilliant. Brilliant. We're going to win. We don't want to win, but we're going to win. Because, you know, why not? And then on 66 minutes, it's just an absolute clusterfuck. Wolves had made some changes. And they brought on Matthias Nunes, who proceeded to just run roughshod over our midfield. Our midfield is all over the place. We're trying to launch some sort of attack. It's never going anywhere. The ball gets turned over. Finds his way into Huang in the left half space for Wolves. The position that should be occupied by our right-sided midfielder. But our right-sided midfielder is 20 yards out of position. Now, to his credit, he does run across and get close to Huang, But as soon as Hwang lays the ball off, our right-sided midfielder stops running and focuses solely on the ball because he is primarily a ball chaser with no intelligence on how to track runners. So he stops running, Hwang keeps moving, the ball comes back to Hwang and Hwang scores. Now, it may have gone in off Ibu. But either way, if our right-sided midfielder is A, in position to start things, or B, tracks his runner, that goal doesn't happen. The game would go on to end 2-2, and now we've got a replay. And the replay is just an unwanted fixture. And the winner will play Brighton. Great. Brighton are in great form. Just what we want. we we'll us play them twice now in a few weeks. Lovely. What an absolute shit show. Embarrassing is what it was. Embarrassing. Like, we line up with Ali, Trent, Joel, Eboo, and Robbo, Brian, Fabinho, Alcantara, Sala, Nunes, Gakbo. That's as strong as we can go. They line up with Sarkic, backup keeper. Lembicasa, never heard of him, at right back. Johnny Castro at left back. Nathan Collins, he's a starter. So there's one starter. And Toti Gomes, he's their fourth choice centre back. Adama plays right wing, he's not a starter. Neves, he starts. Joe Hodge is not a starter. Talented little player though. And Reynate Nuri plays left wing. He's a left back. Jimenez, who's not the starter anymore. And Goncalo Guedes, who was bought to be a starter, but hasn't established himself yet. Being kind to Liverpool, you'd say there's three starters there. Guedes, Neves and Collins. But when they made their changes... They brought on grown men. And when we made ours, we brought on kids. We brought on Harvey Elliott. We brought on Ben Doak. Naby came on and Naby played well. Doak, to his credit, came on and played well, as he always does. But, I mean, how how are we not beating them with the team we have out? They're second from bottom in the Premier League and they're playing a reserve team. Mortified for them, so yeah. Now we have to play a replay. Great! So we play Brighton, then we play Wolves again in a replay away from home. Then we play Chelsea. Now they're in crap form, which of course means they'll beat us. Then we play Wolves again, then the EV. Then Newcastle, I assume the cup game would be between Wolves, like the, the game against Brighton, if we get by Wolves, will be between the Wolves and Everton games. I assume it's that weekend before the Everton game that's scheduled for the FA Cup. And then Newcastle, and then it's back to the Champions League. But like you're looking at those games, like is anyone confident we'll beat Brighton? Is anyone confident we can go to Molyneux and get a result after what you've just watched? Is anyone confident we can beat Chelsea? Forget the FA Cup, I couldn't care less, but that league game against Wolves looks very, very tough now. Who knows who Everton's manager will be? Maybe they've changed manager, they come to Anfield on a new manager bounce and get a result. Newcastle away. Anybody? Raise your hands if you're confident of getting a result up at Newcastle. And then Real Madrid. Now, at least Real are pretty stinky at the minute as well. But, you know, that's like a month-long thing for them. It's a season-long thing for us. And what gets me is the warning signs were there last season. They were there last season. If you go back and look at our performances at the end of last season, we weren't playing particularly well. Like, Villarreal away, we weren't great. The home game against Villarreal, I didn't think we were particularly good either, but we managed to score twice in, like, four minutes. The own goal, and then Mane. Benfica at home, we weren't particularly good. I would say Benfica away was the last time we played well in the Champions League in last season's competition. And that was the 5th of April. We were poor at home against Inter. We lost 1-0. We did beat them 2-0 away and we played really well in that game, but that was mid-February. When you look at the EFL Cup, we weren't great in the final, but we managed to win. We were good in the away leg against Arsenal, but poor in the home leg. In the FA Cup, the semi final, we were brilliant. The Forest game was fairly poor. The Norwich game was fairly poor. We weren't great in the final. And in the league, like we weren't good the last day against Wolves. We weren't particularly good against Southampton or Villa or Spurs. We weren't great against Newcastle. We weren't good against Everton in the home game. United was the best game we had in the league in the last couple of months, Bar City away where we played pretty well. Like it was a bit of a slog the last couple of months of last season. Players were worn down. It had been an epically long season. A lot of players were extra worn down from having to carry a passenger. And if you remember... Mo went through that really poor run of form when he came back from the AFCON. And it seemed like Sadio was almost carrying us on a game to game basis. Not so much with his performances, but like with big goals that he managed to conjure. You know, like we go, up, we go behind at home to Norwich, Sadio's the one that drags us back into it. We beat West Ham. It's Sadio who wins the game for us. Diaz was having a big impact as well. And it was kind of those two, because Bobby would fallen off a cliff. Mo wasn't looking anything like what he'd been pre-Christmas. Fabinho and Thiago were brilliant. And then Fabinho fell off towards the end of the season because he was exhausted from having to carry the right-sided midfielder. Robertson had a poor second half in last season. Virgil was otherworldly. Trent was playing great. Ali was Ali. Thiago was great. Mane and Diaz. But half our team was playing fairly poorly. And it was blatantly obvious we needed to address our midfield. And we still haven't done it. And over the weekend, we have an article from David Lynch. I believe it's in... Norwegian Supporters Club fanzine or something like that. I'm not really sure. It's a newsletter or something from the New Norwegian Supporters Club. Or it could be the Swedish one. I think it's Norwegian. Ow. I'm after walloping my elbow off the table. Uh, so excuse that. Um, it just distracted me. Uh, anyway, David Lynch's piece. He says, uh, Moises Caicedo is not one of Liverpool's top three targets. Well, that's nonsense. But one of the reasons you give is that Caicedo is a non-homegrown player, except that he's not. And this is something that was trotted out by the Echo a couple of weeks beforehand, that Liverpool couldn't sign a non-homegrown player until they got rid of a non-homegrown player. But that's not true, because Moises Caicedo doesn't count as a non-homegrown player this season because of his age, because it's only people born before January 1st Twenty, uh, sorry, two thousand and one. Who count this season? Moises Caicedo was born significantly after January first, two thousand and one. As was Manuel Coney, as was Enzo Fernandez, as was Manuel Ugarte, and lots and lots of other players that were born in two thousand and one. None of them count either way this season. They don't count as homegrown players. For example, Curtis Jones doesn't count as a homegrown player this year. And Moises Caicedo would not count as a non-homegrown player. And by next season, Naby's gone, Adriana's gone, Artur is gone, Bobby could well be gone, and maybe one or two others. But there's more than enough spots then for Caicedo to take one of them. So the argument that Liverpool can't sign Caicedo because he's not homegrown, there's absolutely no basis to that. That might well be something the club want people to believe, but it's not true. It's not true at all. And I'm not having a go with David Lynch. I think he's a good journalist, but I think he's been fed a story because Liverpool don't want to pay the asking price. They've made their offer. It's below the asking price. And they're now trying to justify their refusal to pay an extra few million for a player who I believe can make an enormous difference to this team. I think you put him in midfield with Thiago on the right, Fabinho as the six, and Caicedo on the left, and I think that midfield elevates this team significantly. I think it improves us defensively because the defense gets more cover because now you've got Caicedo and Fabinho. I think it improves us going forward because now Thiago is that attacking midfielder rather than... Henderson, who's been awful for nearly three full years, calendar years, and Elliot, who's a child and also not a midfielder, so the argument that the argument doesn't hold anymore. It basically you can dismiss it. Uh, main Liverpool websites. Liverpool and the FA Cup a distraction we could do without. Contagious mistakes, Gakpo, and an unwanted replay. Last word on Liverpool: two, Wolves: two. A ram, another ramshackle Liverpool display. Ramshackle is a good word. Brighton are in ridiculous goal-scoring form ahead of Liverpool clash. Uh, Brighton having having whooped, <laughs> having whooped Everton four-one. Uh, went and scored five against Borough at the weekend. And uh, looked looked very, very good. Looked very, very good. And Alexis McAllister, uh, World Cup winner, scoring two off the bench. Dennis Undav getting another off the bench. 5-1 probably clouded them a little bit, but, you know, they were excellent in the game. Uh, which Liverpool players are at a contract in 2023? Curtis Jones starts and Calvin Ramsey sees red in Liverpool on the 21's defeat. Ramsey was sent off for a last-man challenge, which is a bit soft, but it is what it is. Maybe they haven't got my email. No Liverpool offer for Brighton's Noises Caicedo. It's from Ben Jacobs, so you know it's a lie. Uh, Liverpool defender back on a good path, close to return from injury. Sepp Vandenberg. Uh, Liverpool accept Kisado, expect Caicedo to join Chelsea. This again is also from that um, that David Lynch piece and again I don't know how true it is. I, there's certainly been no link other than Ben Jacobs who again is a complete spoofer and somebody you should just ignore. Um, there's been no mention of Caicedo to Chelsea. It's just an assumption based on Graham Potter but Brighton are furious with Chelsea for how they've acted in the way they approached Potter without permission from the club, in the way they approached recruitment staff and stole them. Brighton are furious about this. They're also still furious at Newcastle. So when I I see stuff like this, I do wonder, is there much reality to it? Or again, is this Liverpool leaking things out to dismiss the idea that we might have to spend a bit of money? Liverpool.com. Jurgen Klopp needs Liverpool's best weapon back as new angle on Wolves controversy adds to proof. Liverpool target sees price tag drop to 79 million as Jurgen Klopp wants surprise 24 million transfer. Uh, This is the media digest. I'd suggest it's likely nonsense, but we'll go through it anyway. There's a European Super League claim uh caicedo interests yada yada fulham starlink joe Pelinha. no just please no he's a good player the time to buy him was last summer you're not don't don't pay a premium on don't pay a premium on on what fulham paid last summer it's just stupid he's 27 as well so it's unlikely that there's any real truth to it. I think it's Graham Bailey who's reported. He's also a spoofer. Nabi Keita just gave transfer a blueprint for top Jude Bellingham partner. And Liverpool should act. Um, I assume this is Matthias Nunes because it's him in the picture. Liverpool should copy Bayern Munich transfer, for example, to secure $95 million trio for. Why are the prices on this in dollars? Is it because it's aimed at Americans? It must be. It has to be. That's why it's so clickbaity as well. Um is Liverpool hunt for a midfielder, yada yada. I think the suggestion is we should be more active. It is. It's that we should be more active looking at, at Bosman. So the first name here is Yus- Yusofa Makoko of Borussia Dortmund. He apparently is looking at leaving dortmund this summer when his contract runs out you definitely take him he's outstanding Uh hasim awar of leon he has completely flatlined for the last 3 years i wouldn't touch him at this point um is that it oh and yuri Thielemans. um he's too slow he's he's too slow we need midfielders that can run he runs slowly we need midfielders that can run quick Uh liverpool.com Sam Wallace's article on Pep Linders. Jurgen Klopp should not be absolved of responsibility. That was written by David Davis. Do check that one out. Lessons Learned from Wolves in the FA Cup. Uh, also written by David Davis. Uh, there's a preview but for the Wolves game. The game is over now, so no real point. Uh, loads of podcasts, though. There is the AI Pro Plus uh, post-press conference. Uh, pod. There is episode 352 of AIP. It was Trev, it was Cam, and it was Lisa Marie. There is a Scouser Tommy's with Jay Reed and Jim Boardman, so do check that one out. And then there is Post-Match Raw, hosted by Guy Drinkle with Lisa Marie and Andy Wales. Uh, do give that one a go when you have a chance. Um, Nina Couser doesn't do podcast for the FA Cup because Nina understands that her value is too great for FA Cup games a bit like myself and, and brother Danny um, there will be a row with the, the whole team for um for Brighton and then for Chelsea and we're going to get you know considerably angrier as these games go on but such is life I'll see you tomorrow bye bye
0: we hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel